In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum. This is The Conviction Project, a podcast where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. My name is Maraj Rana. And I am Farhan Iqbal. Muhammadur Rasulullah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Rabbi salli ala nabiyika daiman Lihaadhe dunya wa basin saani So often, um, as many of you know, that when we do our podcast, we do it with uh, myself sitting in my home in Vaughan and uh, Farhan sitting in Ottawa. So this is a rare opportunity that we get to do a podcast in person. But in this podcast, I we have a bigger honor that we are joined by another friend, uh, Shahrukh. Uh, Shahrukh, assalamu alaikum. Waalaikumsalam warahmatullahi So I have the privilege to be sitting in front of two authors uh, of a book that has recently come out. Uh, called the Curious Quest of a Muslim. Is that right? That, that is Qu- the title. The Quest of a Curious Muslim. The, the Quest of a. It's a mouthful. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> the Quest of a Curious Muslim. Um, I've started to read that book uh, because I recently just got it, uh, and so far, you know, I think that it tackles a lot of things that you wouldn't normally see that are tackled uh, in a book, uh, in a religious book, or a book that's published by Jamaat. Um, which I really enjoy. But you know, before we get into the discussion about, you know, the book itself, uh, I think a little bit of context or a little bit of a preface of how that book came into fruition. You know, why did you guys decide to write um, a book? And, and why did you call it uh, The Quest of a Curious Muslim? Well, uh, basically, um, this is not a kind of book that... Uh, that is just, uh, you know, the other kinds of books that are narratives or, you know, stories or something like that. It's it's basically a question and answer book, right? So what has happened is that a few years ago, um, and it's, it's kind of interesting uh, how I got into a social media platform called Ask.fm. Uh, what happened is that uh, there was an unfortunate incident in Canada a few years ago. Um, where there was an attack on parliament. And because of that, there was a lot of anxiety and everything. So um, the in, in I used to be in Vaughan as the imam at the mosque in Vaughan. And uh, the police actually set up a, a, a session with diff- imams of different mosques, right? And they wanted to talk to us about radicalization and how to talk to our youth and everything. So... You know, it's it's a it's a bit of a you know funny thing, but it, it, it uh, the person who was leading this, uh, she suggested that the imams should be on Ask FM <laughs> because uh, she's like a lot of ISIS propaganda uh, happens on Ask FM because uh, it had this anonymous way of dealing with things, so anonymously anyone could ask any questions, and a lot of young people at that time were doing that and. Actual ISIS people were on Ask FM responding to these questions and trying to recruit others. Uh, 
So I uh, decided to go there and to just check it out and see if, from our perspective at least, even though in the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, we don't have any issue of this nature, our whole theology and our understanding is very different from some of these other uh, extremist ideas. So, and, and in fact, a lot of our literature refutes that extremist uh, ideology. So I, I went on there and just started uh, responding. And, and before I knew it, a lot of people were sending me questions. And, and to this day, it has been like good five years, I still uh, get questions on Ask FM. So, I mean, this is a bit of a tangent that I've gone into. But what happened is that Shah Rukh also started very soon after me. Uh, he can tell you better. And uh, we, you know what, one thing that I felt on Ask FM is that a lot of questions were being repeated and a lot of questions were just coming to us. And it's a social media platform. So after you answer a question, it will stay there for some time and then disappear because you're answering other questions. And there was no organization, there was no way to organize them uh, and put into, into themes and stuff like that. So I, I I'd started putting some of those questions on, on a personal website, but again, it wasn't satisfactory. So I, I uh, you know, that's like, a bit of a background of how this started and we wanted to put it into a, a more organized look and a, and a book could solve that and maybe Shahrukh has something to add on this. Yeah, it's so the same thing. Um, I started off, I started with Ask uh, about four years ago, uh, five years now. I was, this was back in 2015. So when I was in my, in my when I was serving as a missionary in Calgary, um, I needed to do a lot of Q&A with a lot of the young people. I realized that a lot of young people were hesitant uh, to ask questions. <clears throat> so some a khadim there, you know, he suggested that, you know, Farhan Bhai does, uh, does these, um, he answers anonymous questions and asks out of him, so maybe you should do it too. So I started doing it and uh, I started to get a lot of questions. Sometimes there were, there were too many to handle. Um, you know, I was, I was easily getting uh, 10 questions a day sometimes mm -hmm. and that required a lot of research. Some of these questions I'd never even thought of. Mm -hmm. And um, so we sort of understood as to what our young, youngsters were, were thinking. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would get a lot of help from Franbe as well. And um, so that's the same thing. You know, I noticed a pattern. I noticed that, you know, that there were certain questions that were often asked. Right. Uh, and then eventually people started coming up with, uh, you know, personal issues and social issues. Mm -hmm. Or they started, you know, reaching out to us with their personal problems. Right. Um, so because of that, we started to like, you know, connect with their the, the therapists and other people trying to get help um and then a few years i think it was like two years later from i came to me and he's like you know i have this idea that you know we should maybe the the questions that are frequently asked uh maybe we should explain them mm -hmm. uh to our youngsters but in a very um non-academic way Right. Um, because also I, I, when I realized that sometimes if you just, you know, give a very academic answer to something, I wouldn't understand it. Right. Right. So the main focus was, you know, this is where, this is where I started to have something for the youngsters, um, you know, so that they can understand easily instead of having an academic book. Right. Yeah, actually, uh, sorry, uh, I cut you off. Uh, basically the, the, the idea stuck out to me. Like it, it, it was, I was thinking about it for a time, for some time. But then I came across this book by one of our colleagues. His name is Rizwan Khan. 
And uh, he wrote this book called Ask a Murabi. An excellent read, by the way, if, mm-hmm. if you want to check it out. And in that book, uh, he responds to a lot of these questions that we were also getting, right? And uh, it's a very thorough book. It's a, it's a thick uh, book. It, uh, it takes these questions head on and, and then really goes into in-depth responses to a lot of these questions. So, I mean, I and Shadow, we, we talked about it. We, we didn't want to redo that work. I mean, we're not, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. And we're not trying to, um, uh, you know, uh, make someone else's work less important. It's a fantastic book, but it's a, it's a different approach as compared to ours. We were more uh, inclined to respond to those kind of people who were reaching out to us. So we noticed a lot of people who were reaching out to us were much younger. Right. And they're not into the really, you know, you if they ask a question, give them 10 verses of the Holy Quran and 15 hadiths. And, you know, mm-hmm. they don't, they're not into that. They're not going to read through all that. Right. You have to give really simplify it for them. Right. And so we, that's the idea that we had. And we, we did... You know, whenever you write a book, you you want to contribute something which has not been done before. You don't want to you don't want to do something that's already been done. Mm-hmm. So that was in a, another right. motivation behind. So it. before we get into like the actual contents of the work, I'm still curious about you know the the Ask FM. Why do you think, in your experience, that uh, the youth are you know they want some anonymity? You know, they want to remain anonymous uh, when they're asking questions because. You know, in our in our community, in our we have this tradition, long-standing tradition of question answer sessions, where you know, youth will get up, you know, in front of a large audience, ask a question head on, mm. and and get an answer head on. Uh, how did this shift towards you know asking anonymous questions? Why do you think youth want to ask anonymous? You, questions? you know, you say that, and it reminds me of a video that went viral <laughs> some time ago, and you shared it too, with me too, and I and I'll, uh, some, some other people shared it as well. Like a young person really trying to have a this question and answer, and then he was really going at, at it with follow up questions. And I was at the stage at an ishtama, and uh, other people were also answering, and I was also contributing, and this video went viral. And this person just kept on, and I know him now very, very well. And and so it's, uh, you know, there's that kind of person as well who, who just gets up and then starts asking questions of the most senior people. But most people are not like that. I mean, most people are, they want to remain anonymous. Why is that? I think there's a, there might be some shame associated with it because they're asking about uh, something that they are uh not sure about uh n- not sure how other people will think of them if uh, they see them asking these questions right. and some some of the questions and we're not going to talk about it today but some of the questions are very explicit mm-hmm. uh, in nature and and they go ahead and ask uh which they wouldn't have and some some of the questions can even be intimate right mm-hmm. which uh, some people wouldn't be comfortable asking in face to face i think that's some of it yeah, I remember when I was when I went to school to uh, elementary school or high school, it was the same thing. You never really, I never had the courage to get up and ask a question because you know my peers or the students beside or my colleagues would make fun of me, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, um, or I don't want them, to, I don't want them to you know to know that I I'm having this problem, right? Or you're thinking about it, right? Exactly, right. or thinking about something. Mm-hmm. So that's that that's the I think that's in my personal opinion. I think that's mm-hmm. what the reason is that it's that element of being judged right. um by those around you 
Right. Right. Because just imagine if you ask a question and then the class just starts to make fun of you. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, I know because because that, that used to happen when, like when when we were in elementary school. If a kid yeah. asked a question, you know, kids would laugh. So same thing here. When as we grow up, you know, because we all come from different backgrounds, right? Mm-hmm. Not a, not everyone is as confident. You know, they, they don't have the confidence to, to, to just go up and ask a question. So mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of our young people. Um, they're scared because they're like, you know, if you ask this question, it's going to um, give us a bad light. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's an important thing. Uh, it makes me happy to hear that, you know, both of you as imams are aware of, of some of the stigmas and uh, some of the shame associated with asking difficult questions. Um, now, moving on to, you know, like your actual book. Um, you know, why there's, there's so many, you know, you may have touched on this, but there's so many books out there, you know, within our community, within our, um, you know, literature body, like you can, we're, we're a very accessible community. You know, if you want any of our books, they're all available PDFs online at alislam.org. What sets your book apart, uh, in terms of content? Yeah, so essentially, um, uh, there are two things. And again, that was the motivation that we want to give something uh, which is not available other places, especially in that book by Rizwan Khan, Ask Amurabi. A couple of themes that came up uh, that were not addressed uh, as directly as we try to do in this book, which is uh, gender equality and uh, mental health. These are two themes that we work with in our in our book. And the book is being actually divided based on certain themes. So there are six different themes that uh, we try to cover. And the ones that stand out are these two, which is uh, gender relations and, or gender equality uh, and uh, mental health. And, you know, I remember even on Ask FM and even today, like, you know, uh, Shah Rukh is actually more active there now uh, and I just don't get the time and there's so many questions that I still get and I try to respond as much as I can, but it's it gets hard. So, uh, the, the, you know, I, I remember even telling you, like, uh, you know, a person wrote to me once uh, and they said, and it's anonymous and they said, I'm thinking of dying. So I asked you actually, because you're a therapist, how to respond and you gave me some guidance on that. So that was one of the things that we thought that should be addressed in a book, which we don't find a lot Mm -hmm. uh, in other uh, other books. And uh, it should be something that that is discussed, right? And Shahrukh is the one who tackled most of those questions that were uh, related to mental health. Yeah, so about mental health, you know, it, it, it... Makes me really happy to hear that mental health is being tackled. Of course, it does uh, in 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 our community in that way. Um, so I I know we don't want to go right. I don't want you to start reading your book out loud here. But what are some of the points you know to encourage the audience to you know perhaps read this um, that you do tackle about mental health and its relevance to Islam? So before I get into that, I'll just uh, explain as to how what what um inspired us to or what guided us to um to write about mental health um when i started ask that fm i obviously we i had given out my email on there and i tried to receive a lot of emails um actually multiple emails from people saying that you know we're depressed uh we want to kill ourselves um i've been sexually abused uh um 
you know, there's there, there's so many like you know I've had messages, you know, text messages from people saying that, you know, I'm about to kill myself. I don't want to live and mm-hmm. this and that. And and, and you and I, you know, I I, I referred uh, right. I referred them to you as well. So I realized that all these people, when you when, when we, because you know, I'm not a therapist, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not a professional. Um, so when they would come to me, you know, my 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 first my first answer to them would be, you know what, go get help. Right. right, go get help, and they and but they wouldn't want to, mm-hmm. right? Um, someone who's suffering was like, you know, they would say, okay, fine, they would say, Zach, let's me, but I know they wouldn't go get help because it's very hard to go get help. It is. Um, so I realized that you know you you have to sort of talk to them and and slowly take those steps towards you know first you have to build build that trust and then eventually when they open up, complete then you then you push them to go get help. Um, so I was realizing that if I just said go get help, that wasn't helping anyone. That wasn't uh, helping the issue. So then I'd spoken to you, and I'd spoken to a few other uh, other people as well uh, who work in this field as to how can us as missionaries, who are not professionals, who have no professional training, how can we help such people? Mm-hmm. And um, so you know, with that, I was able to formulate an answer. And uh, there was a lady called Ariba Malik. Uh, you know, she's a she's a, she's a mental health student uh, in, uh, um, at the University of York, I believe, um, or UFT, I can't remember, remember now, but she actually um, helped me a lot in formulating the answer. Um, so yeah, our main focus was that, you know what, is to let people know it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, suffering from mental health is okay. It's not yeah. something which you should be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you're away from God in any mm-hmm. way, right? Um, and the, the, the solution is go get help, right? right? So... Aside from you know getting help, yeah. what would I be? What would I stumble upon when reading your book uh, about mental health in Islam? Like, what are the things that you touch upon um, that you know somebody can be like, oh, like I was I was really interested in that. I didn't know that that like such things existed. Um, could you give a gist of you know what what's included about mental health in Islam? One thing that uh, some time ago, um, I I was having a conversation with uh, one of my relatives, an elderly person, an elderly lady, and, uh, uh, and 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 you know she knows that I'm I'm an imam, uh, and uh, you know whenever people see me even in my family they're like okay this guy's the imam right <laughs> so he's like uh, I don't I don't want to say awkwardness but there's that. Uh, a difference right it's not just any other relative it's the imam relative right and so she would see me and then uh, one day she just started having this conversation and then she's like you know what when it comes to religious things they cause me too much anxiety so i can't talk about it uh and you know that that at that time it i i felt a bit offended that you know she would say that to my face but later on i came to realize that you know people have this problem that uh religion in general, reminds people of death, reminds people of the afterlife or accountability or a whole range of things. Like even like thinking about God is as as a being so much greater than us. It, it creates that kind of existential. You, yeah. uh, you feel really small, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's that existential anxiety or whatever you want to call it, and. Uh, one of the questions in the mental health section is uh, we talk about this that you know uh, what about this right and what about this idea of fear of god 
right? And this is another thing, right? People, other people don't understand when we call, call uh, when we talk about fear of God. What are we saying? And we talk about that in the book as well. That fear of God is not in the sense that you have to be scared of something dangerous, you know. And now I'm starting to quote from my book as well. But you know, it's 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 more like a fear of God's anger. And that's very similar to the fear of anyone's displeasure, like the fear of the displeasure of anyone you love, mm -hmm. right? Y you don't fear the person, you fear their displeasure. Mm -hmm. So these kind of questions people have, but sometimes they're not able to articulate, sometimes they're not, they're not able to talk about, sometimes they try to forget about these things. So we try to give an answer uh, from the Islamic perspective, keeping the mental health issues in mind when it comes to these issues. Yeah, I think I think those are important things to talk about, especially the anxiety around, you know, existence, purpose. Uh, a lot of people, and I think a lot of problems in today's youth comes from the lack of having purpose, the lack of having a meaningful life. And that's what causes this, you know, upspike in mental health. Even issues. like one question we answered was about prayer. And then right. like, OK, what if my prayers are not being answered? Yeah. What do I do? Right. And there's a, there is an answer, but we, we you know a lot of people don't know like mm -hmm. how does prayer work? And yeah. then there of course there's anxiety around that as well. Mm -hmm. That you know I'm I'm trying my best. I'm praying to God all the time. It's not happening. So that kind of you know something. I you know I I don't I I don't want to sound arrogant about this, but it's something new that we humbly try to bring to the fore. Right. And this book is no way comprehensive enough to tackle all these big topics. Yeah. But we, we wanted a starting point. Yeah, you wanted to start the conversation so that nobody can essentially say that, listen, like your community doesn't talk about this. We wanted to raise an awareness as well. Right. That, that this is this is a, a real life problem. Yeah. Um, when I used to talk to a lot of the young people, they used to say that, oh, you know what, maybe uh, it's just in my head, mm -hmm. right? I don't I don't think I'm suffering from anything or, you know, depression is not, it, it, it doesn't exist, right? Yeah, you have to demystify right? a lot of and myths. Exactly, right? exactly. So we had to like, tell them like, that, no, you know, you're actually suffering from something, so go get help. There's nothing wrong with getting help. Mm -hmm. um, one one question which was, quite, which was, which was asked quite often was, uh, how can I be happy? Mm -hmm. right yeah, how can i be happy what what I get can i do to, a lot too. what can i do to be happy so you know by the grace of Allah, you know we were able to tackle that question as well um a lot of people will have a lot of friends a lot of family around them but they're they're still lonely mm -hmm. right so um how do we tackle that issue mm -hmm. right um so so we all we address that from 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 a from a from an Islamic point of view, as much as we could, um, you know, giving an answer. So it, it's it's not it's not something that you know. So we're not saying that when you read the book, uh, you're going to be able to find the solution or the cure to to, to mental health. But it's 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 a step towards get you know getting help. Right. Yeah. Right? It's 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 not a self help book, but yeah. it's 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 a starting point. Uh, <clears throat> towards helping yourself, right? Exactly. Right, and 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 people uh, have issues with loneliness or anxiety or uh, you know just happiness, and so we we try to we try to give them a start because a lot of people are like, okay, I have so many friends and I have so many people who know me, and I'm praying five times a day and I'm still not happy and content. Right, and we keep quoting the same verse of the Holy Quran, which says that remembrance of Allah is is a source of comfort. Right, so. 
what does that mean? We try to explore that a little bit. That mm-hmm. you know, what what does it really mean? Right. Is does it is it just a ritualistic aspect of uh, just doing the prayers? I mean, we were just having a conversation before starting the podcast. Is there are certain sects in Islam who, who don't emphasize prayer as 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 much as, for instance, the Ahmadiyya Muslims would do? So you know, uh, is is prayer the ritual? Uh, the only thing that will take you to happiness or the actual, the meat of what a prayer is. The meaning and purpose behind it rather than just the rudimentary actions of, you know, just raising your hands, putting it, putting them across your chest. Like that stuff probably won't get you happiness, but reflecting on the words while you're praying of, you know, I have turned my full attention towards you who has created the heavens and the earth, something like that. And understanding that is will probably and, get you and happiness. one thing that, that is very profound and again something from, uh, that I'm quoting from the book is what the promised Messiah Salam, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, peace be upon him, what he said regarding prayer. He said that don't just focus on the Arabic parts. I mean, yeah, you have to. That's a Sunnah. I mean, you you say that, but you know when you're in Sajda, for instance. After saying the required portion, you talk to God in your own language because it will have an impact on your heart. So we're trying to show people that side, the spiritual side of things, Mm -hmm. which sometimes we forget in the midst of all that, uh, you know, ritual where people, you know, of course, people, a lot of people in the West, this don't seem to have a lot of time. So they will just try to fit religion into that, you know, routine of Friday, Juma or something like that. And then they're not too concerned of the other things. But religion is a lot more than that. There's a spiritual side of things that we try to show people. You know, just like um, going to namaz, right, and doing a sajda and just talking to God in your own language and just, you know, having that outlet, that helps a lot. Right. You know, there's a lot of people that you speak to that are suffering, but they say, you know, like, maybe so we, we, we read in a mosque yesterday and we cried in it and it felt so good. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what we're trying to focus on. We're just trying to focus on that part that, you know, first of all, go get help. Right. Don't be ashamed of it. You know, it's like, it's like if someone has a broken arm, right. Would you try to hide it because you're ashamed of it? No. Right. It's right. something that you need to get fixed. So yeah. mental health is something that, you know, the, you shouldn't worry about, you know, like what 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 will people say or what will my parents say? No, it's it's an actual thing. So go get help. Go get help. Yeah. yeah. One thing I just want to add quickly, uh, as we are tra- coming to the uh, to the end of the program, uh, is that you know when it comes to uh, uh, like the general idea behind the book, it's about the Muslim experience in the West. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, but while we are having this conversation, I'm trying to think back about the book. You know, if you really want to summarize it, this is what it is. It's the Muslim experience in the West where mental health is one of the main issues that we are struggling with. Gender relations is another topic we talk about a lot. Balancing the religious and uh, uh, the worldly and the Mm -hmm. cultural and, you know, religion is so boring. What is so restrictive? What do I do? These kind of uh, Mm -hmm. questions that a young Muslim would have. Uh, growing up here in the West, so we try to we try to tackle all these questions. We hope that we did something mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to get people uh, thinking in a certain way. Yeah, right. So if I, you know, we're coming to the the conclusion of our program today, but if I wanted to 
and purchase this book or I wanted to like get this book, where would I get this from? And what do I, what do I do? What do I need to do to get this book? So, so far it's, it's a limited release. Uh, it's, um, it's been published by the youth organization of the, the Muslim community. Uh, the, our name, our title is Khudam al and we sometimes shorten it to MKA, but the English uh, title is Ahmadiyya Muslim Youth Association in Canada. Right. So um, it's been published by them. Uh, and uh, it's a limited release for now. Uh, and they are working on uh, expanding it. But if you are in Canada, you can get it. Uh, you can go to booksonislam.org booksonislam.org and you can uh, uh, type in uh, the quest of a curious Muslim and it's also on the main page you can just quickly scan through and find it uh, the quest of a curious Muslim and you can uh, order it from anywhere in Canada uh, we are going to release it in other formats like uh, Apple iBooks or uh, Kindle or other formats but it will take time um, we are trying to uh, get there uh, over the, I, I, I can't put a date on it, but uh, this podcast is going, you're, you're hitting it in January 2020. And hopefully by uh, six, four, five to six months uh, after the release of the podcast, it will be, it should be available in all these different formats. Right. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So any closing thoughts before we, we wrap up? So I mean I I would just say that uh, uh, it's uh, it's a humble uh, attempt that we have made, uh, and uh, we would love to hear feedback because we are working uh, on another project, both uh, Sharuk and I, and it's always get good to get feedback so that we can incorporate it into our next project and and build on that and even this book of course it can we can always have another version and an updated version we can always add more questions so we have covered like uh, 30 questions and it's uh, uh uh six themes so if there is a theme that you think is very important that was missing uh let us know mm-hmm. uh you can send it to the conviction project uh gmail account mm-hmm. that you're going to announce in a second and uh, you can uh, let us know any themes. You can let us know any questions that you feel should be added mm-hmm. so we can have a greater library of these questions. Right. And we would love to uh, respond to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah same thing. So uh, yeah, we'd love to get some feedback uh, as to what we can tackle. Uh-huh. And uh, I just want to speak, you know, speak to all the youth. That, you know, don't be hesitant to ask questions, you know. Don't be scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing to be scared about. Yeah. Um, you know, I I remember when when I was when I was doing Ask.fm, so I I I got a chance to uh, ask Azur because a lot of people were sort of against it. But when I spoke to Azur, Azur was like, you know, answer every question that you get. Don't ever back up from answering a question. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, it's our job to. Answer. We have the endorsement of the Khalifa of Masih, Masih, So, to, to, oh, no, and you know, I I know that there are sometimes uh, some some of the kids they go and they talk to uh, an Imam and he was very senior. And, uh, you know, and then they they might feel uncomfortable. But uh, as far as uh, Shah Rukh and I are concerned, I mean, um, we we try to be as approachable as as we can. And so we don't judge anyone for asking whatever question they have in in, in any any of these topics. Yeah, I think that's a powerful message to, to, you know, conclude on is to ask questions. I think we are a a community or a group that... 
you know, prides itself in knowing the answers to the questions that people have. You know, we are that community that says that, listen, you have questions, we have answers. Um, so I think it's a very powerful message to, to tell the youth and to tell anybody, you know, to ask questions, to be skeptical, to raise doubts. And I think that's also the mission of our podcast as well, is to answer those questions that people have deep-rooted doubts about. So if you do have any doubts um, or you do have any feedback uh, about the book, about our episode, about our program in general, feel free to reach out to us at theconvictionproject at gmail.com. Or, you know, visit our website for uh, any of our previous episodes at www.theconvictionproject.com. This is The Conviction Project, where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. Muhammad, Muhammad, Muhammadur Rasulullah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah. Salli ala nabina Salli ala muhammadin Salli ala habib